Welcome to Wealth Academy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to this dynamic and insightful podcast with host Paul Lawrence Van. Paul and his guests provide content-rich information that will enhance your knowledge. Enjoy this Good episode. Good day, everyone. My name is Paul Lawrence Van, and I host Wealth Academy Podcast, and I'm glad that you could be with us today. Those of you who are viewing live and those who will listen also on the archive, we thank you for being with us today. It's episode 249. We have a special guest, Priscilla Maria. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing very well, friend. How are you doing? Doing just wonderful, doing just wonderful. And she's going to be talking about some things today. We know that post-pandemic, the people are still struggling. We're having some mental illness issues out there. We have some addictions that are out there. And really, it's really a subset of life as we know it today. But we also know through health and wellness that Priscilla, she's going to help us today to move through this. But before we get started, I want to read her bio. And it's really remarkable, really phenomenal. So Join with me right now. Listen, you're going to hear something about her that's truly amazing. Priscilla Maria is a keynote speaker and certified trauma-informed life coach that helps others build a growth mindset and become cycle breakers. She partners with organizations and clients to facilitate workshops, deliver keynote talks, and provide coaching about overcoming self-limiting beliefs and living intentionally. She shows up authentically as a sober Latino with diagnosed mental illness to exemplify that recovery and healing are possible. She sees clients through her private Cycle Breakers Club, LLC, as well as through Reframe, an app for people cutting back or quitting alcohol use, which is great. And the DC Futures Program, a scholarship program offered through the DC Office of State Superintendent of Education. Her professional features include Chatter News, Yahoo, Outcare Health, and We All Grow Latina. I'm not finished. Her education is really going to knock your socks off here. B.A. John Hopkins University, tremendous. Juris Doctorate, University of California, Irvine School of Law. And don't forget, she is a mental illness influencer. She really uh, has a quite a profile and a background. We're going to learn more about her today. So let's get started. So Priscilla, welcome to Wealth Academy Podcast. Help our listeners discover more about you. What should they know about Priscilla Maria? Well, thank you, Paul, for having me on your platform. And if they want to explore more, my website is PriscillaMaria.com. And my Instagram is at CycleBreakerCoach. And I'm just really happy to be here. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And of course, as I was stated earlier, we know that a lot of people have a lot of challenges today. Part of it's because of the economy being what it is. Mm-hmm. Other is just because of what had happened. It seemed like it was a long time ago, but it actually wasn't. But there is uh, someone in Priscilla's life that inspired her to be the best Priscilla that she could be. Who is it and how does she influence you to be who you are today? Thank you, Paul. It did cut up a little bit, but I think I got the overall message of who inspired me. And I want to thank you for highlighting. So my grandmother, uh, we know her as Mita, and she recently transitioned. But her her full name is Gloria Esperanza Solorzano. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about her yesterday, actually, as a family, because... We could not imagine being in her shoes. So I 
live a very privileged life mm -hmm. since I was born, regardless of, oh, okay, we were on food stamps or this and that. Still very privileged. And I owe that to my grandmothers because on both sides, uh -huh. they fled their native country. Uh -huh. um, so for Mita, uh, my Nicaraguense side, she uh -huh. fled because her sons were, especially my eldest or her eldest son was very nearly killed. I don't, I don't know if I should use trigger warnings, but sure. It, it was a war zone, literally. And so she knew, okay, he's 18. They're going to inscript him and he's probably not going to make it. Um, they were shooting up their house. Um, so they literally had to lay on the floor and there's bullets coming to the living room. Uh, prior to that, they almost died in an earthquake, uh, a massive mm -hmm. earthquake in Manawa when my wow. dad was like seven and wow. even more. There's a, yeah, it's a very long list of traumas. And so- dramatic experiences. Very traumatic. Yeah. AK-47, yeah. uh, wow. shot at them. Um, I meet the, someone tried to attack her with a machete. So it's very, very violent. And yeah. so my grandmother had the bravery to leave with three sons because she was not uh, married sure. and mm -hmm. my great grandmother. And they were very blessed to be able to get on a plane and leave very barely uh -huh. and start their journey to the United States. And so I've always given my, my grandmother credit because I'm very open and honest. And we we had our, our relationship, we had some uh, difficulties, but ultimately I learned about forgiveness with her because that's powerful. I learned, yes, I learned more about her story, more about why she was the way she was in certain ways, because you don't live through war and experience no. so much trauma. Absolutely. And coping skills, yeah. You have oh, yeah. to and the thing with many of us uh, minorities is, I'll speak about my own experience. So when my family left a war zone, it wasn't like, okay, now you're in South LA. Let's sure. do some group therapy. Let's do some group coaching. Let's process what just happened. Never. It was just one thing after the other. Okay, yeah. now we're sleeping yeah. on floors. We're sleeping in a garage uh -huh. to figure out how we're going to have money to pay and so it's survival mode always. Uh -huh. And um, honestly, there's several family members of mine that are still in survival mode. Right. And so learning more about my grandmother's story, how she supported three kids and her mother by cleaning hotel rooms, bathrooms, uh -huh. in, in factories, I mean, just anything. And she didn't have to do that. Absolutely. The reality is a lot of parents could do abandon their children or do other things. And she didn't. She, mm -hmm. she stayed on the straight and narrow. She didn't drink. She didn't do drugs. She really tried to do the best to provide for her kids and make sure that they were okay. Oh, wonderful. I see why she had such a great influence on you because you got on with life. That was pretty traumatic right there, uh, what you share. But as you stated, that's reality. And mm -hmm fact that she's the center of the family, the grandmothers, they mean everything. And the fact that she positioned everyone else to come behind her, that is really beautiful. And uh, I can see a movie and book about that. <laughs> I, 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 
Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for providing a safe space for me to feel comfortable to share about my family. Sure. Because like you said, it is very traumatic. And I've told my father that, that I'm like, you need to share your story. Like your, your story is so inspiring. Being a young Latino in South LA, you had sure. gangs around you. You had so many sure. options to go in a certain trajectory, but sure. now he, he, he went in a different direction. Sure. Um, but that's a whole other story uh, as far as very ambitious, very wow. <laughs> driven. And so I, I do encourage him to write a book. But then I also think of our conversation earlier this week and you're encouraging me to write a book and I should share my own story. I know it's, it's going to be powerful. I can't wait. <laughs> so let's transition just a little bit, uh, Priscilla. And uh, it's really focusing in on that seminal moment in your life where you decided you know, I'm going to do something about this and I'm going to help other people. Could you share your area of genius uh, with organizations and individuals? What was that moment where you just made a stand and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something that's greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And how do you work with the uh, organizations you work with and some of your clients, if you could share that seminal moment when you made that decision to do so? Thank you, Paul. So I would say the the decision happened before I was even a coach. Okay. So after I graduated, I earned my Juris Doctor. I did well mm -hmm. in school. I had some great experiences, but I knew this is not for me. <laughs> I'm not, uh -huh. this is not <laughs> shout out to all the attorneys, but that is not yeah. my purpose. I felt mm -hmm. the entire time that I was in law school, like I was going through the motions. I was playing a sure. role, uh -huh. kind of like at Hawkins as well, you know. Sure. I was, you know, during the week, I've always been studious, but on the weekends, I'm binge drinking. I'm in houses where guys are masked up with guns, ready to do what, you know, kind of double life vibes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so after I graduated law school, I felt this sense of completion. Like mm -hmm. I did it. I, I, I went to top schools. I got a scholarship, et cetera. I got good grades. Thank you mom, dad, um, mm -hmm. grandmothers, because Mita, for example, she always stressed education. My yeah. father, since day one, it was education. You got to go to top school. You <laughs> and Absolutely. I was like, I did it. And after I completed that, I'm like, what now? Like, uh -huh. what now? Like, who am I? <laughs> like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so if you look at my trajectory, even since like middle school, I've consistently been passionate about community impact, about mm -hmm. social justice, black and brown empowerment. Right. And so I was like, okay, what's my role then? How do I turn this into my passion and purpose into profit so I can yeah. also have an income? And you can do more. You can do more. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. So, uh, after law school, I did various jobs. Mm -hmm. um, everything from the nonprofit world. I did work for a law firm in a non-attorney role. Sure. And once I was, I'm trying to say like what date it was, um, but it was a, mm, let's say end of 2021, where I learned about life coaching. And sure. I didn't know anything about that. I, okay. I've only gone to therapists, psychiatrists, uh -huh. need life coaching. I don't think I even had a positive like view of sure. it. Uh, because what I've heard, like, oh, anybody can be a life coach. And they're just like sure. talking. But it's sometimes misunderstood for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're taught like, OK, these are the modalities. Um, right. This is legitimate. Uh -huh. um, 
And so I came across an account on Instagram, Blooming with Emmy, and she spoke about being a certified trauma recovery coach. And I was like, well, what is that? And I learned more about it. And I was like, this is perfect because I don't want to be a clinician. I don't want to diagnose someone. Administer. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to play that role. It felt very much like playing the role of an attorney where it's like, this is my license. Um, I have to fit in this role. And it's very... Uh-huh. And so with life coaching, it felt like a perfect fit where I can tap into the part that I'm passionate about, which is that peer support, that sure. connection, that just being with someone. Because uh-huh. throughout my life, I've always I've always loved memoirs, connecting with people. Uh-huh. People would open up to me in Uber rides and wherever and uh-huh. just tell disclose secrets and things like uh-huh. that. So to me, my zone of genius is human connection. It is building that community. I am blessed that I'm very compassionate and I've learned not everyone's like that. You can, I don't know what examples I should give, but people have disclosed things that I think most people would be intimidated by or judged or just uh-huh. the other way. But to yeah. me, it's like, it's not my place to judge what you did to survive, right. what you did to make it through. Yeah. And so I try to show that compassion by example, mm-hmm. because exactly. yeah, not, like I said, not everyone's compassionate. I've been on the receiving end of a lack of compassion. And so I know how mm-hmm. it feels. I don't want yeah. anyone to feel like that near me. Yeah. And so part of that compassion is that representation piece mm-hmm. where I'm going to tell you some of my story. I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to let you know it's possible. You can be at your lowest points. You can make it through an eating disorder or uh, alcohol use disorder. You can make it through sexual abuse. You can make it through domestic violence and make it to the other side. And when you're living through that, you can feel very alone. And Mm -hmm. so I don't want anyone to feel that way. Yeah. And I tell you, a lot more people go through it than not. And the reason why we don't know, because they don't share it with anyone else. But as a life coach, it does give you that opportunity to listen. And oftentimes what people are looking for, what you provide is you listen to what they have to say. And and that's a really beautiful thing for sure. So let's look at some of the organ. And thank you for sharing that. Let's look at some of the organizations that you work with and how that's making a difference in, in various communities as well. Yeah, so let's see. We can start with the Sober Black Girls Club. Okay. So on Tuesdays, they have um, a meeting for BIPOC that are queer, and I uh-huh. fall in that category. And so Katie, the founder, uh, graciously extended the invitation to, to co-host. Okay. And so I co-host, and that space was really healing for me um, sure. because... As I mentioned, I have a background of substance use, alcohol specifically, um, as well as an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And so being a young adult going into those recovery spaces, I didn't see any Latinos at all. (laughs) Yeah. And then. What do you you think the reason why is it that people, they're like, oh, no, that's not for me. Um, they're kind of shy or embarrassed about it because I, I know the same thing happens in, in the uh, African-American community. People don't really believe in counseling. They don't really, some, some people don't believe in coaching, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's many reasons. So mm-hmm. 
If we look at it systemically and we look at the empirical data, there is a lot of inaccessibility for mm -hmm. black and brown communities. Right. So high rates, yeah, high rates of not being insured, higher rates of living in poverty or living in an environment that you live in, a, uh, there's a food desert. So yeah. first of all, let's figure out getting out some food before Absolutely. we even take therapy. And, food. <laughs> yes, there's so, so much of that. But if we go sure. past the systemic uh, injustice uh -huh. and we look culturally, because I think it, it also starts in the home. Sure, absolutely. If I look at my own household, I was blessed that my parents were open to therapy and had actually done therapy as okay. young adults. But that's probably the extent of the, the yeah. open-mindedness, at least was growing up. Um, sure. As time progressed, some of my elders did become more open-minded. But some things that I've heard growing up is, you know, God is my therapist. Right. I just need God. I just need to pray. I don't need to. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. And so there's, so speaking about the Latino experience, especially sure. being a Latina, Mm -hmm. There's a strong emphasis on collectivism, on taking right. care of the family unit before yourself. Right. And so for some of us, mm -hmm. we feel like we're being disloyal if we go and air out the dirty laundry. If right. we go and, like you're being disrespectful, yeah. you know. Exactly. So if I hold someone accountable or if I accurately describe something that someone did to me, mm -hmm. it could still be taken as, well, they're dead. Like, let them rest yeah. in peace and things exactly. like that. And so. Oh. There's a lot of taboo. Um, oh, yeah. And another thing I want to highlight, especially with, with Latino, but also African-American Black communities, is a legitimate distrust right. in the medical fields. Yeah. If we look at the history, if mm -hmm. we look at what they did at Tuskegee in Guatemala yeah. with the syphilis yeah. and uh -huh. using our people as guinea pigs, if we look at the father of gynecology and, and, what, and the brutality that he inflicted on enslaved Black women, Right. It makes sense that that a lot of Black people, a lot of Latinos don't have that trust. Yes, exactly. Have yeah. my best interests. Well, and if I, I know growing up, uh, our entire family, uh, two parents, mom and dad, and 10 children, right? Five boys, five girls. All of us had the same doctor. And the likelihood is we, we never would have went to anyone else because we didn't want anyone else, right? Yeah. But for a whole family, the same doctor, 12 people. Amazing. So when you talk about, um, when you deliver your keynote addresses, Priscilla, uh, what, what are some of the topics that you cover uh, for your audiences? So I would say my top two are cycle breaking. So cycle okay. breaker coach, I'm really passionate about empowering others to break cycles, whether it's cycles of generational trauma or individual cycles of behavior that don't serve our joy. So that can be that substance use disorder. That could be being in a toxic relationship. Sure. And then the mindset piece, which I'm really tapping into is everything starts with mindset. So yeah. throughout whoever I talk to, whether it's the clients or organizations I've partnered with, it really comes down to our self-talk, the yeah. internal narrative, the internal dialogue that we have. And it's incredible. You'll meet people that, okay, on paper, they're business executives, Ivy League, all these things. And then you, you talk to them and you really get to know what their mindset is like. And it's mm -hmm. sad. It's it's heartbreaking that they, that ambitious, very driven person might be mm -hmm. seeking validation that they didn't get as a, as a child wow. or they 
be so busy and workaholic so that they don't have to sit with themselves and sit with their thoughts. And so, yeah, the mind is very important. It's very important. In fact, I know that you in the area of growth mindset, Mm -hmm. which help people to really move forward in their lives. And um, so they won't, people won't think that they have a lack in their life, but we have abundance, but we just have to connect to it. Yes, we have definitely have abundance. So let's talk about the Cycle Breakers Club a little bit more so we can get people in tune with that and they can connect with you. For sure. So it came to me. Um, mm-hmm. The name is not super creative. So I know there's if you Google it, you might find some other things. But the concept yeah. of cycle mm-hmm. breaking. Uh-huh gradually came to me because it took me a while to narrow down okay social justice empowerment okay what role do i play okay Uh, mental health okay mental health what role and now it's a trauma recovery okay and now what within trauma recovery mindset that's how i can support my communities is empowering our minds and so that was that's the whole dream and concept of cycle breakers club is us coming together as cycle breakers mutual support of helping us uh-huh. break whatever cycle that we're trying to break. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think uh, when we look at it, let's use alcohol addiction. Now, you know, I've drank a few times in my day <laughs> and I won't say how much, but I will tell you this. Um, I just found myself, I, I had to just stop. One day I just made up my mind. I said, you know, I'm going to stop drinking. And I think I haven't drank in probably 25 years. Wow. Yeah. And I, I see it, you know, it's advertised on television and, you know, I see people at different events and everything. And they, they asked me, well, what do you want to drink? I said, do you have any orange juice? And they're like, well, we're going to charge you $10 for that. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Right. But it, it can be something that, um, you know, we, we enjoyed. I, I did it when I was in high school, a little bit in college. Air Force, I had to be real careful because you can't, you get drunk driving, they can throw you out. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know that uh, we can break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, when we look at what do we have dominion over, plant life, or do the plant life have dominion over us? And that's where most of the, it comes from, the drugs and then the alcohol, it comes from plants. So uh, mm-hmm. I just had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. I want to have dominion over the plant life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, I just wanted to share that. Yeah. I feel better already, Priscilla. I didn't know that. This is the first time. Yeah. I, I know. I know. Yeah, I don't really talk about it because I, I just don't, you know, I just don't drink anymore. But um, let's talk then a little bit about um, wh- what projection do you have for the future in terms of your business? I know you have a trauma recovery. Uh, as part of life coaching, and then you have the cycle breakers. Uh, what do you project yourself? Are you doing more platform speaking as a keynote speaker, yeah. you coaching or workshops? So a bunch of different things, honestly. I wanted to be like an umbrella and okay. have different components. So sure. if you ask me what are my dreams, sure. I've been wanting to write a book for a very long time, probably uh-huh. I was 14, I've been wanting to share my story. And in addition to a book, maybe courses, uh, different types of tools, maybe like journals. And as far as the coaching component, I definitely want to grow my client base even more. 
and group coaching could be a possibility in the future. Uh-huh. And then with the speaking, that's the area I will say that I'm focused on the most right now is getting into the college space and sharing my story because I'm really passionate about that 18-year-old uh, Priscilla who who needed to hear what I'm about to to share on these stages because that's uh-huh. such a pivotal age. Sure. And I would love to tap into the minds of, of young cycle breakers and let them know what's what's possible, mm-hmm. what they can do to to have wellness within themselves. Absolutely. Yes, because that that those are that um, formative years is really the time where you learn a lot. And then mm-hmm. once the person goes into employment, we kind of forget that because we're coming under a standardized system. But when a person can get it in college and universities, like the programs that you plan to deliver and are mm-hmm. delivering, then they're going to be a lot better off over the course of their lives. We just got have to get them to understand that this is really important. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. important. So let's talk a little bit about um, that book again. You know, I'm, that, that really sparked my interest. And mm-hmm. what uh, format are you looking at? Are you going to have a memoir? Are you going to have um, how-to, uh, self-help? Uh, how, how would you format that book? So a memoir is something that I definitely want uh-huh. to do. Um, when I was 14, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. Of my curiosity and it uh-huh. changed my life. Uh-huh. And so since then, I'm like, one day I'm going to write a memoir. I'm going to share my family story. Um, I share my dad's story, but my mom's story is also very powerful uh-huh. as well as my own. Sure. And so I'm not sure if I'm quite ready for that. I think for my first book, since I'm new to the space, would be more of a self-help book. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking, and these are just brainstorming, sure. you know, five lessons I learned in my 20s. And no, I'll think a more creative title, but something about that, like just five key takeaways for someone to read, absorb it, and hopefully have a framework to Uh improve their own lives. Um, So that or something related to cycle breaking and I have a title in mind, but I don't know if I want to share it. So <laughs> exactly, yeah, hold on to that, and we want to give people that opportunity. To say, I wonder what she's going to come out with now, and yeah. so you want to have kind of that curiosity, and and so I think that is great. And uh, I tell you, I really know that the viewers and the listeners are really gaining a lot of insight from you, and I definitely appreciate you sharing some of your journey. Uh, and of course, we're st- still on that journey. If at this time where the interview is coming to a close, could you share some information how people can get in touch with you or some of the next upcoming um, events that you may have and then your availability to speak at colleges and universities? Sure, Paul. So my website is priscillamaria.com. My Instagram is at CycleBreakerCoach. My LinkedIn is the same. So linkedin.com slash CycleBreakerCoach. Mm-hmm. As far as speaking, I am currently taking okay. opportunities, especially for Hispanic Heritage Month. So Great. please go on my website, click the speaker page, uh-huh. and all the information to contact and get in touch with me is is on there. Okay. Now you're gonna go and, and set up a tour. That's the plan, Paul. That's I know you know about absolutely the tour. <laughs> well, that tour, that tour will get you in there, yeah. and uh, I, I know it's going to be really phenomenal. 
And uh, I really appreciate you being the honored guest for us today. Again, you're on Wealth Academy podcast. And uh, I always tell people, I say, well, yeah, we talk about financial things, but uh, just like my mantra is wealth is more than just money. It's love, it's happiness, it's joy, it's peace, it's peace of mind. And, and so uh, what you deliver today really puts people in that health and wellness, making that awareness even greater for them. So I, I thank you so much for being our honored guest today. And I'm looking forward to hearing even more about you. And of course, the book. <laughs> so. yes, and a very genuine and special thanks to you, Paul, for planting that seed and igniting that, that passion like the time is now. And so... Yeah. I appreciate the example you set with sharing your own story. And thank you for having me on this platform. I really appreciate it. You poured it out of me. It was great. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much today, Priscilla. And I look forward to having you on the, on the program again. I want to tell all the, the viewers and the listeners alike uh, to go out there to Apple um, Podcasts and for episode 249 with our honored guest today and rate and review her particular interview in her episode today and share her information with your friends, your families, and your colleagues. We really appreciate this and thank you all very much. And this is going to conclude uh, this episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. And so have a great day, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And little, what little bit we have left of the month of August, it's just flown back in. So thank you all very much. And Priscilla, thank you so much, my friend. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode with Paul and his guest. I hope you enjoyed this episode and Paul requests that you rate and review this episode and others on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. View all Wealth Academy podcast episodes at www.wealthacademypodcast.com.